Whiskey Reel presents Judgment Day. Listener discretion is advised. The podcast that you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed are merely for comedy purposes. This is your Judgment Day. We all go a little mad sometimes. What an excellent day for an exorcism. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Time to play. Oh my gosh, you guys. Welcome to a very special episode of Judgment Day. Today's episode is actually called something different. This is the Damnation Game, (laughs) colon, the Tomcast. In this podcast, normally, I would invite one of my misguided friends to inform them that today is actually the end of times, that they've shuffled off this mortal coil, and it's up to me to decide their fate. But, this week, who knew that Satan, the Dark Lord himself, is actually a total cinephile, and he reached out to one of my best friends, Mr. Hans Hollenbeck, friend of the podcast. Hans, what the fuck is going on, buddy? Dude, you tell me, man. Uh... Kind of good to be back and see you again, but I'm pressured right now to. I'm I'm under duress right now, dude. Uh, after our last podcast, I thought it went well, felt great about it. I got home, get this random phone call, and it's from the Dark Lord, loose for himself. I didn't even think that the dude was real or whatever he is. He's I know I hate when he calls. He, he's probably called you a few times, probably, and you haven't even answered. But I mean, first of all, who still calls people? Right. It's I mean, old school. I guess I the devil? School. That's kind of the devil thing to do. Man, it was dark, though. Um, he's pissed, Bobby. He's uh, mad at should you. We, should we take a quick listen? Yeah. I mean, here's the, here's the voicemail right here. To the Dark Lord? Me. Yeah, this message is for Hans Hollenbeck. I hope I'm saying that right. Is your middle name really Christian? That's kind of weird. So this is Lucifer or Satan... I go by many names. I have a message for you concerning Bobbeth Van Noyes of the Tallahassee Van Noises. I've heard tell of his podcast, Judgment Day. And the deal was always that he was going to be sending me fresh souls. Those souls of the individuals that have, well, questionable taste in movies. But so far, none have been delivered. I am entrusting you, Hans Christian Hollenbeck, to interview... Bobbeth Van Noyes about his taste in films, and specifically about someone that will be joining me soon, Mr. Tom Cruise. Apparently, Bobbeth is a huge fan. I've given you a list of films that are acceptable. If he fails in this task, you ought to send him to me immediately. You can reach me at 970-426-5344. I look forward to hearing from you, Hans Christian Hollenbeck. So anyway, yikes! I, I basically shit myself after yeah. listening to this. I'm, it was in the middle of the night. You know, he only calls in the middle of the night. I was asleep. My wife was over. <laughs> he keeps weird hours. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> so first it's of all, more ominous if it's four in the morning. You what know? is his beef with Tom Cruise? I think that he's got beef with a lot of people. Obviously, he's kind sure. of a hate-filled entity. Um, but he hasn't been able to get a hold of you, so he put it on me to contact you. Okay. Forcing me 
through threat of my own damnation. He was going to revoke the salvation that you bestowed on me the last time that we were here at this podcast. And I passed so gracefully. You know, your questions were just perfect. I answered them ideally. You allowed me a gateway into heaven. I thought my life was good, man. You know, I went out and bought a couple lotto tickets, like living free. Right. You know, I was I was destined to go to heaven. You know, how good does that feel? And the very next day, Lucifer himself calls me up and sends me that message. So I'm freaking out right now. He tells me he's got to. We're going to flip the coin on you is what he says. Yes. He's pissed off at you, pissed off that. A, you have allowed so many people into heaven through this podcast. You haven't sure. sent anyone his way. No. I kind of get that. I mean, you're just kind of like green lighting everyone that comes through here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, obviously he's going to be pissed lighting, off about that. Gaslighting. <laughs> yeah. Both at the same time. Are they crazy or are they just, you know, ideally angelic people? Um so we don't know, I but know. the devil's pissed. He he called me up. He's like, get Bobby back in the studio, you know, and I have to ask you these same questions. Okay. But he also is pissed off about your weird bro obsession with Tom Cruise too. this little kind of, I don't know what, how do we describe your I love know. of Tom? <sighs> is it, do you want to be Tom Cruise? Do you idolize him? Do you just... Watch him gleefully from afar. So what is it, Bobby? I get this a lot. I have detractors that come at me because of my boyhood crush that I've maintained my entire life. Because I'm now almost 50 years old. And I have always loved Tom Cruise as an actor, kind of as a dude. Not necessarily. I understand. Like, There's some shit in that man's personal life that I choose to ignore <laughs> because I I get it like there's I understand why certain people have certain beefs with Tom Cruise I just have this curious way when it comes to him to separate the man from the artist and just love the guy that he is and what he presents as a persona on screen I think he's one of the more I'm also like we're talking about over the last 40 years the most successful human being that's probably ever lived cinematically. Like he's done more great work and made more fucking money and produced more huge monster hits, you know, although last year was his biggest hit movie ever. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's been an interesting career and I find him endlessly fascinating. Right. And I think, I think the devil's pissed off because he doesn't like mortals rising to that kind of fame and fortune and, you know, Whatever it is. So here's the there's Tom Cruise is a dichotomy. He is obviously a Scientologist who may or may not know where McCavich's wife is buried. And yeah, he's got some inside. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. He's sort of been propped up as this messiah for that movement. And he's put out some very unfortunate like recruitment videos and stuff along the way. I think he's backshelved that a little bit over the last 15 plus years he, he's not as upfront about the Scientology thing ever since the cow jump the couch jumping situation and yeah. the Oprah episode and what happened with Katie and Nicole and all the unfortunate things that have happened <laughs> yeah. in his personal life which I choose to 
kind of ignore and just pretend they didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but he's also, and I understand why the devil would hate this guy in some way because he's a very uber driven, successful actor, producer, uh, mogul, if you will. Uh, and he's also, from what I understand from people that work with him, I've listened to a lot of interviews. I've done a lot of research preparing for my life with Tom Cruise. And he's actually a really amazing guy to work with. Like almost to a person other than his exes are like, this guy's the best. Like you've never worked with a human being that is this giving and generous and, uh, you know, and I don't mean that just in a literal sense, but like just as an actor, as an artist, like he wants you to succeed. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's fair to say that he inspires fellow actors that are working. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, and I mean, the stories are endless. Yep. Um, I was telling you this story. I'll make it very brief because I know we got to get going on this thing. Um, the young man, I can't remember his name now. I just saw the interview with the smarmy kid from Top Gun Maverick that played sort of the new Iceman. The really handsome kid that has a big smile. We'll, I'll talk about him later. But So he told a story of he rehearsed or auditioned for the role of Rooster that ended up going to Miles Teller for that role. And he didn't get the part. He gets the call. They're like, sorry, we went ahead with this other actor. They didn't tell him it was Miles Teller or anything like that. But he was crestfallen. Like, he really, that's the role he wanted to play in Top Gun Maverick. 48 hours later or so, he gets a call literally from Tom Cruise. And Tom is like, hey, um, we want you to come in. I want you for this movie. I just want you to play another role come in and meet with us and let's have this conversation. So he's like, well, I'm not going to say no to Tom Cruise as far as having the conversation, but he had made his mind up. I'm not taking this role. I am not taking this role if I don't get to play Rooster because that was made for me. So he goes into the interview. Tom Cruise is sitting there with like the executive producers, all this shit. And he says, look, I really had my heart set on playing Rooster. I just don't want to take this role on unless I get to play that part. And Tom Leans over the table, apparently, and says, uh, what kind of a career do you want to have? And he's like a little taken aback. And he's like, I want your career. I want to be the new Tom Cruise. I want your career. And Tom's like, well, how do you think I do that? And the kid's like, "Uh, well, you do it by taking on great roles. And he's like, no, I take on great movies. And I play the role that I'm given. And I fucking make it great. And that's Tom Cruise in a nutshell, right? Like, he's just like, no, I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. Yeah. Because I'm Tom Cruise, and I'm just going to do it. And the proof's in the pudding, man. So. I am ready to take on this challenge. We're going to, we're going to, what he ordered me to do through direct threat of my own damnation, like I said. (laughs) uh, He's got five Tom Cruise movies that he absolutely loathes. He detests these movies. Okay. So if you mention two of these movies in your, you know, your dialogue here in your answers, okay, um, you're gonna just burn up into a fiery pit of hell. Ouch! Ouch! Um, but there's also five cruise movies that he loves. Okay. So you get an extra life, kind of, if you mention any of these. Oh, like a one up. It's a one up. Okay. So you've got two strikes. It's not a baseball game. You only get two strikes, but. 
if you mention any of these other five, one of those strikes are going to be omitted. Okay, basically. that's fair. Yeah. I like it. And he doesn't want me to be your friend today, Bobby Noyce. And I'm I like, don't devil, I'm, I'm his friend. I'll take a bullet for this guy. And he's like, well, you might have to. You might be going to hell because of Bobby Noyce. And I said... Okay, fuck Bobby Noyce. I'm taking him to the heat then. Well, luckily, I'll take an eternal bullet for Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get started. We're gonna we're gonna flip the coin on you. Okay. Um, but be careful. Be very wary of what your answers are. I'm gonna follow my heart. The devil's gonna be watching you. I know. And Tom Cruise. He's probably watching me too. <laughs> <laughs> he might be the devil in his own weird way. Yeah, he's a uh, yeah. So let's get started. Uh, what is the first Tom Cruise you remember that made an impact on your life? Okay, so I actually watched this movie last night. Just to refresh? I had like a weird feeling that I was going to be talking about Tom Cruise today. I don't know what it was. So I watched Risky Business. And the reason I did that is it is literally the first Tom Cruise film I remember seeing and of course that's of no fault of my own i'd like to throw that out there like that's just a movie that's the first one i saw um i think i saw taps and the outsiders and all that around the same time because that was when tom cruise was actually becoming like a thing but i will say this revisiting risky business i mean i remember being in aztec new mexico in the den of my family home where my brother and his friends would go to the we had movie stores and I mean, not blockbusters, but like it was usually like a trailer on the side of the road and you would go in and rent movies out of this trailer yeah. and you would have to actually literally rent the machine, the VCR the VHS, to, ta- yeah. Yeah, to take home with you. You know what I mean? And I remember my brother would always every weekend, like on Friday morning, they'd go rent movies and they would all go party after they watched their movies or whatever, and I get to spend the rest of the weekend watching movies by myself yep. and maybe have some cousins over or some shit like that. But I remember so distinctly watching Risky Business, and the music always stuck with me. It was uh, Tangerine Dream did the score, which still is fucking kind of amazing. And I just remember, like... As a little boy watching this movie, which I shouldn't have been watching this movie about whores and (laughs) pimps and the whole fucking thing. And Rebecca De Mornay banging him out on a train and all that awesome shit that happened in that movie. But just like the the language. Um, The guy that plays Booger in Revenge of the Nerds is his best friend. And he teaches him like in the first five minutes of the movie. It's like sometimes you've just got to say, what the fuck? And I've never forgotten that. And I live that to this day. Sometimes you have to say, what the fuck? I think it's a flawed movie, but I think it was a weird, fun 80s movie. And I have no regrets about that being my first Tom Cruise film. That is heartwarming, Bobby. But you know what? You've already (laughs) triggered your first freaking (laughs) trap. And you're on the razor's edge now, man. I will stand by it. Uh, The devil hates that movie especially just the repeated kind of meme of Tom Cruise sliding across the wooden floor in his in his socks in the large, you know, button-down white white uh, and shirt. The, and look, that's fine. I, I'm okay with the devil's opinion on this, but he's 100% wrong about that film. <laughs> and just invoking some meme that happens in the first 10 minutes of the movie, 
that's been replayed over and over again, that's yeah. not Tom's fault or the studio's fault or the director's fault or even the writer's fault. That was just his charm exuding so much from that film yeah. that it's been aped over yeah. and over and over again. So it's played out. But it's like, that is not at all the scene that I really remember from that movie. That's true. And you it's been I mean? integrated into pop culture. It's kind of... Everyone know, from everyone Peter Griffith, that. the fuck, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, everyone's aped that scene. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I the, don't think that's Tom's fault. The devil detests it. So you're already... Eh, you're you know, already the, the devil detests back. a lot of shit. Watch out. That's okay. But I, I like it, personally. I stand by it. I love Risky Business. I, I'm Actually, I'm not rooting for you. I, I hope that I don't go to hell because of you. So... Um, you know, it's funny. I watched right after that. I I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, but it's called The Girl Next Door with um, Alicia Cuthbert. Um, and she plays like the porn star. About, and it's Emil it. Hirsch yeah. and Timothy Oliphant. And yeah. it's actually a pretty cool movie. It's almost a scene for scene remake of fucking Risky Business. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's ridiculous. They just rip it right off. Rip it right off. It's going to happen. Still a pretty good movie, though. Tom Cruise has been ripped off a lot. Yes, sir. All right, second question, man. And just tread carefully, Bobby. You know, as a friend, I don't want to see you just burn up. I'm going to put my heart out here, and you guys can do with it what you will. This is a funky one. Tom, what is the Tom Cruise movie that scared you the most? This is really tough because Tom doesn't do horror. Right. You know what I mean? The... He did a movie with Ridley Scott back in the old days with uh, called Legend that incorporates like some darker stuff. The devil's actually in it, so I would hope he would appreciate that movie. But that's not my answer. Um, but that definitely has some darker, scarier moments. Interview with a Vampire, kind of a scary movie in its own way, I guess. I mean, I didn't find it scary, but. I think some people might. I don't know. It's about vampires. Yeah, you could say that. All that (laughs) world, yeah, dark shit. Um, I thought he was actually pretty a lot better than advertised in that film. He just is not a horror movie guy. Right. He recently did the Mummy, which was dog shit. If we're being honest, pure dog shit. Bad movie and not a scary moment in that. So I came up with what I thought was a little more non-conventional answer, and that is Spielberg's War of the Worlds. I think there are a couple of scenes in that movie that are tense and approach scary. The scene with Tim Robbins, which is kind of a bad scene because it break. I think it breaks the momentum of that movie, but where Tim Robbins is the guy living in the basement and he's crazy as shit and they have to figure out a way to get out of there. That's actually, that scene is actually scary if you take it by itself yeah. I don't think it works well in the context of that film, but that scene itself and Tim Robbins is fucking great in it. I loved that. I love that scene, man. Yeah. I think uh, it's, crazy. it's crazy. And so I think that is the scariest thing probably that Tom Cruise has ever done. I was going to also like cushion that answer with saying like all the stunts and shit that he's done, like through all these Mission Impossible movies and stuff, like there are some stressful moments yeah. like there's anxiety involved with Tom Cruise movies like because yeah. you know that he actually did that shit but those aren't scary so I'm gonna go with War of the Worlds it, not my favorite Cruise movie not my favorite Spielberg movie but that is a that's a genuinely tension filled mo- scene 
and that's not on the devil's list, so you're going to get a pass there. You're okay, still cool. alive. You I like that. Sent straight to the probably fire forgot that movie existed. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that movie. I think it was a great remake. I th- um, I do too, actually. I mean, it's such an iconic movie just because the radio broadcast screwed so many people up back in the day, what, back in the fifties or whatever when it first came out. Right. Um, so it's interesting to think about. I do like. I think that movie was great. I thought Tom was in, great in it too. So yeah. you're gonna get a pass on that one. That's whew. ooh, all right. Bobby, you're still alive. I'm staying alive. You buddy. haven't just burned up and spontaneously spontaneously combusted yeah, in front of me. I've yet. got connections in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, number three, man. What so-called bad movie has Tom Cruise made that you love? So, boy. I'm going to throw out a couple here. I have a final answer, but this is hard because going through this man's filmography, you realize pretty quickly, like, he mostly does good movies. It's And it's vast. It's a vast like, filmography. And whatever you want to say about Tom Cruise as a man, however you feel about him, he's in a lot of fucking good movies. And you forget how many. You're yeah. right. It is. I mean, you forget about shit like Rain Man. Because you're like, oh, yeah, he was the best fucking thing in Rain Man. And no one remembers that because of Dustin Hoffman. You know what I mean? But he was amazing in that movie. He's been in so much good shit. He's been in a few bad things. (laughs) The first one that popped into my head was the aforementioned legend. Because that was critically panned. That's a Ridley Scott film. Beautifully shot. But a very flawed movie. But I saw it in the theater as a kid, and I really enjoyed it. And I thought uh, Tim Curry as the devil was one of the most iconic things as far as the makeup and the character design and all that. One of the most iconic things that's ever put on screen. Mia Sarah from Ferris Bueller's Day Off is clearly one of the hottest things that ever happened in the 80s. We could sure. probably all agree on that. The other bad movie that I thought about worth mentioning was Far and Away. That movie was not critically acclaimed, but I have like a soft spot in my heart for it. Mm-hmm. I've seen it a few times. Bad accents, mostly bad acting, but overall like a really entertaining movie. But I, I got to go with the classic, the classic bad Tom Cruise movie that you can't help but watch whenever it's on despite yourself is fucking Mission Impossible 2. There's yeah. no getting around it. Yeah. It's a fucking bad movie. And it's also fucking endlessly entertaining yeah. <laughs> for like so many reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Mission Impossible 2 is the right answer to that. I don't know how the devil feels about it, but the, it, the devil's indifferent to Mission Impossible. He gives them all a uh, kind of a pass because the whole oh. series so is really oddly just enough, amazing. he's not that nuanced when it he's comes to the. He's not that nuanced. He's not going to detail each Mission Impossible. He kind of just says, "If it's Mission Impossible, we're going to we're going to give it a pass." He should do himself a favor. It's so it's a series worth delving into. It's, There's a lot of layers. Uh, there are some Mission Impossible movies that are better than Mission Impossible Two. I think the original is still my favorite Mission Impossible movie. Well, that's the Brian De Palma, which is fabulous. It's fabulous. It was, it was the best. Like, you fucking, don't need all the chase scenes on motorcycles and shooting, and you just need good storyline, good acting, tense situations, and it makes it's going to make that movie. I would argue that Mission Impossible the first has the best 
scene of all the films, which is him breaking into the CIA when he's hanging yeah. on the thing, and you can't go above this yeah. level. And the and the guys up there trying not Pulling to him yeah, down the, yeah the rat comes in you know yeah. all those little like tense things, and he has to catch the bead of sweat on his right. hand, right. and the whole thing is like one of the most well crafted um, tension filled. Action, well, not an action scene, but you know what I'm saying. Like a scene in an action movie that had a level of tension that you're just not used to. Like it was like, I remember being in the theater for that. I saw that in the theater too. And I'm just like, this is fucking me up. Yeah. Like, and the whole theater, you could feel it. You know, it's not my favorite Mission Impossible movie, as we'll get into as okay. this carries on, but it is such a good fucking movie. It is good. Mission Impossible 2. It was John Woo. It was his second American film. Yeah. Everyone had the highest hopes that he was going to be the next great action director because of what he had done with Chow Yun-Fat and all those great Mm -hmm. Hong Kong movies. Mission Impossible 2 was not that movie. It was dumb. Like, like it almost was making fun of itself in a weird way, but I don't think they were that smart. I just think it was just kind of a bad movie. It was just ill-conceived yeah and then mission impossible 3 was kind of a rebound to it too it brought me back i was that was the i really like that yeah that was the jj abrams uh uh, philip seymour hoffman was the big baddie great in that movie i thought it was the closest to like a tv feel to it like it felt more like an episode of mission impossible yeah than the other films because the other films are so much bigger in scope yeah mission impossible 3 felt like a more contained story it had some big stuff but it was more like oh ethan's gotten married now his marriage is in trouble now he meets a bad guy how has he figured you know how's he gonna get out of this and then he gets out of it so it, it felt more like a mission impossible episode of the old show than the other ones did and that makes sense jj Abrams being a television director I, maybe he that's how he approached it I don't know and yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman is probably the best villain in, in Mission Impossible series, series. yeah he's fucking incredible that guy couldn't do any wrong for unbelievable is it just drugs that drives people to do really great stuff sometimes you know yeah sometimes but we know a lot of people that do drugs and they're not amazing <laughs> <laughs> it's also a way to go straight down to hell so watch out <laughs> well I'm glad Mission Impossible 2 didn't Damn me! Yeah, you're, you got you passed that one too. You're on to question four, Bobby. Still hanging on, hanging on. Uh, what Tom Cruise movie character do you most identify with? This is a toughie. This was my hardest one because one, we've talked about this on the podcast. You gauge reaction. You don't want people to look like, oh my god, dude. Like you think you're Jerry Maguire? Because that was my first thought. Oh. It was like, oh, I'm, I'm clearly Jerry Maguire. <laughs> you had me at podcast. <laughs> that was yeah. That was my first thought. It was like, well, I'm just gonna answer Jerry Maguire and go on to question yeah, five. Move on. But uh, <laughs> but that's stupid. So I actually gave it some thought. This is one of my favorite cruise films. Probably his most underwhelming box office return on one of his best movies and that is edge of tomorrow which has been rebranded i think is uh live die repeat it is such a fucking great movie and the character that he plays william cage (laughs) i was in the military which we may or may not have discussed and 
I really identify with his character because he's this guy that's in the military that actually doesn't understand one iota why he's fucking there, yeah, what, what the he's supposed to do, what is he good at, what you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just trying to get through shit. Yeah. And his character makes so much sense to me. And then he's given a moment, which I was never given, to just be a hero and he rises to the occasion, right? So yeah. we all aspire to be that guy like, you're fucking up, you're useless, you're terrible, but given the moment, do you fucking step up to the plate? Now, I've never stepped up to the plate, but William Cage, Tom Cruise's character in Edge of Tomorrow, definitely does. And there's, you know, I'm, no spoilers, I guess, but like, you should have seen it by now. Um, he sacrifices himself in a lot of ways and kind of saves the day plus i don't know i i love that movie i think that movie's so underrated i do too i love that movie too uh once again it's an indifferent movie to the devil he didn't report back on that movie excellent but i love that movie and i love what you just said about it being a metaphor for life it's you're experiencing these things you're experiencing life and a lot of times it's failure you're experiencing rejection or you know dismissal or and not just that bullying but repetitive repetitive failure yep you, there's lessons that you need to learn that you need to that you're just bumping your head against the wall over and over and over again and you think that it's painful and that you're failing but you're actually gaining knowledge mm-hmm. um you're you're gaining momentum even though you don't know and so then once you're brought back into that same situation like oh this is going to happen here boom i can you know respond to this yeah it's like groundhog day acute, with acute much way. higher stakes right 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 you know and, what i mean yeah. yeah and it's cool i love that movie i've i've always thought that was I never really looked at Tom Cruise in that movie. I see that movie as more as just a great movie, um, which is hard to do. Once Tom Cruise is in a movie, yep. you're automatically like, oh, this is a Tom Cruise movie. And that's actually something I've never thought about, and you're right. That yeah. is, It's not presented as a Tom Cruise vehicle. In some ways, Emily Blunt's character is actually the might be driving the force. Yeah. yeah. And she's amazing and so fucking sexy in it. Holy she is. shit, she is hot in that movie. And she it, when she does like the upward dog thing or yeah. whatever, it's like it's like whoa, that's one of the hottest things I've ever seen in my life. And it's astonishing because you never believe that Emily Blunt could be sexy like that. And you look be, at her and you're not like, oh, she's so pretty and how gorgeous and how graceful and sexy. She's kind of rough, no, like you know, rough. Um, vi- she's savage. Like she is. She savage. is Got no conscience about fucking with him and yeah. killing him. Yeah, and fucking, right. You know what I mean? It's amazing. It's yeah. cool. I it's like a it. great character. Well, what a great answer. The devil doesn't give a shit about it, though. So you're, but you're, you didn't get a strikeout. So well, I you're wish still he'd alive. Like I wish he'd like it more. Jeez. <laughs> um, here's a sentimental one for you. <laughs> what Tom Cru- What Tom Cruise movie makes you cry, Bobby Noyce? And this is the sixth question that we're gonna, or the fifth. This question. is actually the fifth. fifth um, sorry. Oh, this one, okay, so he's been in some sad movies like Born on the Fourth of July, Rain Man. Those yeah. are both movies that can evoke some tears and some emotion. Yeah. I had to go into the Wayback Machine to come up with The Outsiders is a movie that really makes me cry. But I realized that's, I'm not crying because of Tom Cruise in that movie. Whenever we do our retrospective on Ralph Macchio, then we'll talk about The Outsiders. You know, we'll talk about Pony Boy. We'll talk about fucking, yeah. the, you know, the whole fucking thing. But 
Like, like he's great in that movie, but mostly he, he fights and eats chocolate cake in yeah. The Outsiders. Like he he's not the reason I was crying in that movie. His scene with his father who is dying in Magnolia is one of the most heartfelt emotional scenes I've ever I mean, there in fact I will say this Tom I mean and he got due credit for it he was nominated for an Oscar for Magnolia he didn't win but I feel like he probably should have I think his character in Magnolia is everyone remembers the you know respect the cock tame the pussy yeah. blah 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 all those scenes which were him being big and him being but the the real scenes that Tom Cruise was like amazing at is the interview that he does with the girl. And he has the scene where he's smiling that very false Tom Cruise smile. And she's like, what are you thinking right now? And he's like, I'm sitting here judging you quietly. You know what I mean? I forgot about that. And then the scene where his father is passing away and he finally at long last goes to actually say goodbye to him is, and and he he lets loose of all this angst and all this emotion that he's had about not being connected to his father for all these years. It's really affecting, really really affecting, and it's a beautiful acting job. And it gets me every time. Doesn't hurt that the father's played by Jason Robards, who's one of my all time favorite actors. Even though he's not given that much to do, Tom really fucking kills it in that scene. Kills it. And then shortly thereafter, it goes into the scene where all of the characters in the movie are singing Amy Mann's Wise Up. And it goes to the scene where Tom Cruise is sitting in the car by himself and he's singing the song. And you know what he's going through. And it, dude, it gets me every time. Now, it all gets me. Like, but I think, yeah, Magnolia is a film that's always gonna fucking get to me it touches me emotionally even though i don't even know how like how that fucking movie ends and what the frog thing was about and fucking like there's a lot about that movie that i'm like huh i wish i was smart enough to get it the performances again philip seymour hoffman kills it uh john c Riley, fucking amazing in that movie robards is fucking amazing in that movie cruz kills it julianne moore kills it i mean uh william h macy amazing in that movie yeah yeah it's i don't know man. so magnolia that is my answer well ding 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 ding. bobby <laughs> noise you just hit that one out of the park you got an extra life because oh one up the devil <laughs> has a sentimental side i guess he's got a warm heart after all he did like magnolia he thinks it's oh, a underrated awesome. masterpiece it's a magnum opus and yeah I think the devil likes it because of all the chaos and the weird shit that happens, the frogs raining down at the end, and you don't know what the hell is going on. Uh-huh. The devil likes that kind of stuff. You know, he yeah. likes it when it all goes to hell. Um, well, it. I mean, what's bad about that movie? I mean, well, unless you hate great acting, an amazing soundtrack, a genuinely perplexing screenplay right. and you know what I mean like yeah. wh- well a realistic plot line Excuse could me. have been <laughs> more viable for that movie but not in the devil's eyes no you know? as mere mortals we were all confounded by that but well he was around for all the 
plague of frogs and yeah, all right. that shit. He He's loves a, locusts. He yeah. loves frogs. Laney. He saw all that shit. <laughs> yeah, he loves all that. That, that really touches on rivers him. of blood. So you get a bonus life. We knock that first strike Whew. off. You're back to neutral, bro. Back to neutral. But you I still like got to face. You still got to face six more I know, questions. I know. We're. Yeah. So you're not out yet. I'm not out of the woods. Oh, hey, real quick. I'm going to interject. We're kind of right about that time. Hey, guys, before we move on to the second half and decide whether or not I go to hell, please reach out to the Whiskey Reel and to the Judgment Day podcast at 970-426-5344. Voicemails, text messages, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to take it all. Um, whiskeyrillagmail.com if you want to write out something that I'll never read that's great please do it uh, also you can find us on socials uh, we are on all of them Instagram and the whole blah 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 five star reviews if you guys are uh, Apple podcast users please leave us a five star review it helps everyone find the podcast it really does create the algorithm for people being able to enjoy what you're enjoying so Hansi you ready to get the second half done? It's your show. It's your show, bud. Oh, it's your show. I'm, this is I'm, your... I'm just hoping you get out of this alive. I don't know. I mean, I, I could vanish. I could go in <laughs> full Infinity War. You started rough, dude. I thought you'd be gone or from the first three questions. I'd By be the way, sitting here in an empty also, studio. Can I just say, as a caveat, if you ask me what the first fucking movie I saw was I know. from Tom Cruise, I can't change yeah. the yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but know, the devil I, doesn't give a shit. I shouldn't you know? be held responsible. <laughs> the devil's only looking at results. If you have these certain things as your answer, he that's what he sees. Yeah, that's fair. Well, no, that's yeah. what makes him the devil. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to give you the benefit of the doubt most no, of the time, Bobby. That's a true story. All right, number six, the worst Tom Cruise film. This is hard because... So you this know. is a flip-flop, so if you piss the devil off and name one of his favorites, obviously that's going to be a strike. Oh, oh okay. I right. see. Okay, so I've thought about this a lot, and I'm going to run through this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mentally exercise this. I thought about Cocktail. I think that's a bullshit movie. I think he's a bad character in that movie. I think... I think it's just a bad movie. Can we just say yeah, it? Outside yeah, outside of Elizabeth Shue being, you know gorgeous yeah. like it's a bad movie yeah but it's not my answer i thought about rock of ages rock of ages probably hasn't been seen by a lot of you because why the fuck would you watch that movie <laughs> he plays stacy jacks i've seen the live show of rock of ages what is the live show Talk to hey, elaborate basically rock of ages it's it's a story about this uh heavy metal guy this god this so, young Vince Neil kind of dude. Is that like a play? What do you mean live show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a play. Is a, is it in New York going on in Broadway? Um, it's oh on? yeah, it was on Broadway. No way. Um, oh, they've done they've done. Um, That's <laughs> ver- They've done versions of it here in town with Dave Minch playing Stacy Jacks. Oh Stacey my god! Jacks. Please don't do that, people. And you know Dave, so yeah, I do. I know Dave. Well, yeah. that makes sense actually. We've known Dave for a long time. <laughs> Shout out to you, Dave. Good work. I, yeah, I, I know Dave doesn't listen to the podcast. I've had some weird nights with that guy. I remember two Daves. That we're just going to make this about Dave Minch. Um, there were two Daves. There were drunk Dave, and there is post drunk Dave. Yeah, and they're two completely different fucking people. Totally. Uh, drunk Dave, I've almost hit over the head with a shovel on multiple occasions because he turns in. 
he turned into back then the worst fucking human being that you would ever meet. Yeah. Like god awful. I'm just going to try to fuck your wife while you're here yeah, in front of you. He's Tim Curry from Legend. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> very Tim Curry from Legend, but not as charming. But um no, Dave's a great musician, a good friend. Uh, and I'm super proud of him. So, that's not my answer. Rock of Ages isn't your answer. <sighs> Ostensibly, Rock of Ages is a worse movie than the movie I'm about to mention. I fucking hate Days of Thunder. I hate it. I fucking hate that movie. I don't like car racing. I I think NASCAR is boring, out of control, stupid to watch. Yeah. Like, I've just never understood watching cars take four left turns for nine hours. Right. I don't get it. I don't either. You wasted Robert Duvall who's a goddamn brilliant actor. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was basically the same plot as Top Gun. If you really... Yeah, it's It's kinda. just like... It's a... The young hotshot gets his fucking shot, meets the girl, doesn't go well at first, yeah. but then it... You know what He's I mean? He's a total maverick. He doesn't yeah, live by the rules. Exactly. He's racing in a wheelchair against I'm dropping the hammer. Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a... Bad fucking movie. Yeah. That is my answer. It's the right answer. Days of Thunder is dog shit. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. The Devil doesn't have either Rock of Ages or Days of Thunder on his list. See? So. so Question the seventh. Number seven. <laughs> Tom Cruise's sexiest film. And this has got to be the one that you most enjoy answering, I think, because there's a weird <laughs> bond with you and, and Tommy in a weird way. I'll push back on that a little bit. Okay, not all the way, but like just and a- exploring this question actually brought this to my attention a little bit that he doesn't really do a lot of sexy movies. Right, I was just thinking that too. Now, it, and let me ask you, please, how you took this question? Is it the movie being sexy or is it Tom Cruise being sexy? So, I think it's the movie. It's got to okay. be. This is about Tom Cruise movies. Yeah. I don't think Tom Cruise is necessarily sexy in anything. He's right. not overtly a sexual creature. He's a physical actor, yeah. right? Like I've always called him. He's kind him of a that. badass, but you're not. He's like, a badass, and he and he's he has not gonna like steal your wife, sexy kind of. You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he probably would, but like. Probably. So I thought about some of the films where he's been overtly involved in sexual stuff. The first one is the first Tom Cruise movie I remember seeing, which is Risky Business, which I think arguably the subway or not subway. It's a Chicago. So it's the light rail scene <laughs> Okay, <laughs> with um, Rebecca DeMornay and Tom Cruise banging on the train with Phil Collins, you know, Something in the, in air, the tonight, air tonight yeah, yeah, playing in the background. Yeah. Pretty fucking sexy scene, right? Yeah, like, that's right. an amazingly sexy scene. And one of the first scenes I remember being like god damn then I thought Eyes Wide Shut that's an overtly sexual film very true but it's not that sexy right in a weird way that movie is about two people so indifferent and cold to each other in a marriage that they're going through that have to go other ways right their sexuality is and and the scenes like the orgy scenes and all that stuff there's a lot of tits and But it's tense. It's, but it's, it's tense. Not it's like not free flowing, free spirit, sexy. It's yeah, like, and we'll talk more about that yeah. movie. But yeah, that one. So I came up with another answer that I don't know. The devil might hate me for this one. Um, 
It's actually a Mission Impossible movie, and it's not about Tom Cruise. Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, every scene in that movie with Rebecca Ferguson is one of the sexiest things I've ever fucking seen. She shows up at the opera house. She's trying to assassinate this minister or what have you. Tom Cruise is trying to stop her, and she's wearing this long yellow gown, leg up, Sniper rifle, super fucking hot. Then they go to find her in South America, and the first scene you see her is come walking out of the swimming pool, a la James Bond, like Ursula Andress, um, wearing the little slinky black bathing suit. And I don't know, even the scene when she's like fighting the bad guy at the end, and the fucking in the streets of fucking Milan or wherever the fuck they were. I don't remember. It was like Prague or something. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I can't keep track of it. It's a glorified kind of feminine force. Yeah. She yeah. became like the sexiest female secret agent I've ever seen in a film. Yeah. Like her character, I was like, holy shit, this woman. And they have flirtation with each other. And I think they kind of ultimately, those two characters fall in love with each other. But it's not about Tom Cruise because, again, he does come off as a very type A, ultra driven, not hypersexualized person. Yeah. Handsome, very fit, good at what he does, highly successful, not sexy. Right. I just don't think that's who he is. I think he's more focused on ambition and his career than the rest of us mortals are like, oh, that's a good-looking girl right there. Wow. Yeah, even the scene in Jerry Maguire when he's banging the holy living hell out of Kelly Preston (laughs) is not... He's not sexy in that moment. He's just getting it done, man. The the thing that made him sexy in Jerry Maguire is he's earnest. Yeah. And he's honest, and he's... You know what I mean? Who's coming with me? I'm I'm leading the charge. It's just sort of like weird sense of integrity that he brought to the screen. right, right. And that could be... Well, women like probably leaders. Se- yeah, you know? yeah. Women yeah. would be and very kind of turned a, on yeah. by like, look at this guy. He has a lot of integrity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's being honorable in the that's, face of defeat. That's, that's yeah. all they go for. No, but my answer is going to be Rogue Nation, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, because of the caveat, because Rebecca Verson is a goddamn phenomenal creature. I think she's so hot. Hard to say she's not sexy in that movie. Um, dude, she's sexy in Doctor Sleep when she plays like the most the, villainous, yeah, psychotic, pulling souls out of little human. kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, that's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my yeah. life. And the whole time I was like, I would smush. Yeah, she's cool. Totally would smush on that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'd be terrified the whole time. Well, of course you got which the pass. would make it even sexier. That would. If she's just, just stealing your soul. Well, she's, she's stealing my soul right now. You. She kind of is. I wouldn't even care. I think you lost your soul a little bit right there. Devil's not even involved in that. I'll take it. Obviously, I said the Mission Impossible films. The devil gives those a pass, so you get a pass there. Careful though; you can't answer too many more. You can't just go Mission Impossible. Um, I don't think I have any more Mission Impossible. So yeah, I would say I think that the devil would not allow you to just take that information and go with it and just answer. Can confirm all the way home. I am done with Mission Impossible movies, and I feel like been very restrained. Right on the Mission Impossible. He wants you to be honest. He doesn't. Want you to create any loopholes that you're going to Can we get talk about Tom Cruise's career without delving into Mission Impossible? <laughs> yeah, let's go. He just created the biggest action franchise of all time. So, no, you know, eh, yeah, give him a it, give him his props. That's pretty big. 
pretty big. Um, all right, number eight. Number eight. Tom Cruise movie that gives you the most uncomfortable boner. What, what is an uncomfortable <laughs> sexiness in Tom Cruise movie? And, so, I mean, you were kind of talking about how he's asexual in a weird kind of way. but um, I thought about this one long and hard, too, because, yeah. not no, no pun intended, I, um, I'm going to go back to the movie I re- refuted, which is Eyes Wide Shut. There's an uncomfortable sexiness about that. And yeah. again... It's not about Tom Cruise. I find his character in that movie very sterile. Like, even when he's flirting with women in that movie, yeah. he's sort of ineffectual. And, like, the reason they like him in that movie is because he's a doctor. He's handsome. He's, you know what I mean? Right. But it's not about him being sexy. But what I love about Eyes Wide Shut is when Nicole Kidman sits his ass down <laughs> and tells him the story of banging the sailors Oh, yeah, and it just drives him crazy. And it's yeah. fucking horrible, and it drives him up the wall. And he can't get And it, also, get it I was like, man, head. this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, God damn. She's dirtier than yeah. I thought. Yeah. yeah, this girl is dirty. Yeah. And that turned me on. I was just like, holy yeah. shit, yeah, yeah. See, Kubrick, man, I he creates these things that these are films that you're supposed to think about. You know, he's not yeah. creating Mission Impossible where it's just this entertainment gala. He's creating something that's going to resonate in you for a while. And I think Eyes Wide Shut did that. I still don't know how I feel about Eyes Wide Shut to this very day. I I've still don't know if I like it. I don't know if I like it. I, don't, I know yeah. I don't hate it. I'm with you. You know, but I don't love it. But at the same time, he's touching a upon human sexuality and, and the emotions that go with it and the psychology that goes with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, should we be turned on in these situations? Should we not be like, he's really, right. I think he's really focused on the hypersexuality of our, of our society these days. Well, they touch on it like in the orgy scenes where you have like the model girls that they hire to stand there naked. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're being sexualized, but also, and they make it very clear, like, this is the most non-sexual thing that that girl is going to do her in her week. Yeah. Is standing there naked in front of a bunch of people. Right, right. You know what I mean? There's nothing sexual. So but you know that, what I mean? Like The devil's like, calling. Yeah, but I think you're right. Like, Kubrick wanted to explore those those emotions, those kind of things. Yeah. You know? If I could have the dinner party, so to speak, with, like, a, you know, people that were no longer with us. You would Kubrick, have Kubrick would, would be in probably be on my short list because I would love to talk I to him. I heard that like, the guy is such a weird, frenetic asshole, though. Yeah. I, I don't oh, no, feel 100%. like I would be like, oh, this is so fun like, to hang out Like, hard to you. be around. Yeah. But I would. I want that experience. Yeah. And I would have David Bowie with me, so okay. that conversation would go amazingly. <laughs> <laughs> He'd lighten the load a little bit. All right. So, man. yeah, I guess eyes wide shut. Yeah. Um, again, you get a kind pass. of a stock answer. That's the devil feels like we do. He doesn't know what the. I think that one even perplexed the devil, so he can't <laughs> put that on his pro or his con list. Um, so you get a pass. You're still alive. We're moving on to number number nine, Tom Cruise movie that makes you laugh. That's just a hilarious free for all. This is kind of a cheat because this is probably the Tom Cruise movie that makes most people laugh, but he's not in it that much. It's a cameo role. But it's one of the funniest things. I've and I feel like you're about to get a bonus on this. Tropic Thunder, his character is so goddamn funny. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny that we include him in the opening of the Whiskey Reel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's the button 
on how we open the show because that's the spirit that we want to embody was Tom Cruise bringing it (laughs) in fucking (laughs) Tropic Thunder. It's fucking incredible, man. I I think that that personally is one of my favorite Tom Cruise roles of all time because he's so not Tom Cruise. How could it not be? He's gross, overweight, balding, piece of shit, but just absolutely like... Savage. Savage. He's just ripping people apart. Zero care for anything. And the whole movie's funny. And it's hilarious, but that he steals that show. I think he steals in the whole movie every second, and he's, he's on only screen. in maybe five minutes of it. Yeah, maybe would, a little yeah, longer. Maybe there's a longer. couple. There's a couple different scenes where it goes back to him. But it's he's got like always, one scene with McConaughey that I think that goes. I don't know. Like yeah, yeah I, five minutes. But he's just not even Tom Cruise in that. He kind of like no. He's a different most spirit people animal. didn't realize it was Tom Cruise in the fucking oh first my place. God. You know what I mean? And you did get a bonus life because even the devil can't deny how funny that one was. Come on, dude. That fucking movie's so funny. The devil's got that on his pro list. So you get a bonus life right there, Bobby. Because of the way they framed Robert Downey Jr.'s character in that movie, they get a pass on blackface forever. Like, that's the one role... Where I they st- use blackface, where, like, I don't ever see that going out of fucking fashion. I don't either, but it's it's still right before the time, before, you know, political correctness just overtook is, everything. Dude. But when you're openly lampooning in an intelligent way the concept of being blackface. woke about yeah, blackface, yeah, 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 yeah. you know what I mean? Way before. Yeah. I mean, they did it with a lot of things in that movie. I mean... The mentally ill oh, or right. the mentally challenged. Sure, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just trying not to say the R, the R word. word. Yeah. But like, I mean, they, they approached really touched that. on a lot of sore subjects in that movie. They and did. it's hilarious. And you can't fuck with it, dude, yeah. because they're presenting it in a way that is so satirical and so yeah. funny. I mean, it's Mel Brooksian yes, in some ways. Is. It's it more almost, acerbic, but yeah. I don't you're know. Right. It's a great fucking movie, man. Well, man, you're back in the black. You're plus one right now, so you can <laughs> Come on, fuck buddy. around. I'm gold. Fuck around with Tom Cruise. Just coast in now, hopefully. I'm gold, buddy. Hopefully. I mean, we're going to throw some curveballs at you at the end. And the man, devil, there's the some d- dead ladies I can't wait to <laughs> meet in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> you get 70 of them is what I heard. As long as you're Muslim. I mean, I don't know. You got to be a suicide bomber, maybe. Um, number 10, film that you can repeatedly watch starring Tom Cruise. I struggled with this one, and then when the answer popped into my head, I couldn't believe how stupid I am that this wasn't the first thing. And it's not going to be obvious. It's not Top Gun. It's not blah, blah, blah. The movie I watch over and over and over again because of Tom and because of everyone else associated with it is A Few Good Men. Wow. I can watch that fucking movie beginning to end no matter what i think it's first of all rob reiner is the most underrated filmmaker probably in the history of the world the guy has got a yeah. goddamn resume yeah he's good. i mean buddy his resume is off the fucking charts i mean from spinal tap to stand by me to a few good men to princess bride you know what i mean yeah like this guy hey didn't create good movies he created iconic movies landmarks yeah you're right. Landmarks of cinema. Totally right. Now, he hasn't done that in a while, but I'm sure he's just kind of fucking over I, it. I think he you hung up I mean? his hat. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I did my I mean, thing. How many home runs do you got to hit yeah, right. before you're the fucking 
Yeah. You're the goat, baby. Smoke you know? some cigars, sit by the beach for a yeah. while. And I'm not saying Rob Reiner is the greatest filmmaker of all time, but dude, as far as American filmmakers go, that guy's been hitting dingers for a long time. Yeah, you're right. Man. And you don't even realize it. I didn't even, until you mentioned it, I didn't even think about it. Unbelievable filmmaker. Yeah. Unbelievable. Few Good Men is constructed. It, it reminds me of, I mean, I love courtroom dramas. Like, I love The Verdict. I love Injustice for All. I, I, I love... What about The Firm? Did you like The, the Firm? Uh, I didn't love The Firm. Really? Oh. I, it's not a bad movie, this. but I think it's in that, like, above average okay. category. Yeah. Like, the, the category with Tom, I didn't even want to bring up. Okay. You know what I mean? Because it was just a movie he did that was pretty damn good. But it yeah. didn't shine for me. And yeah. I don't really... Who's the author? Uh, um, oh God! The, the lawyer that turned into a Pelican lover. Brief yeah, and fucking all, all that shit. I don't even. It's care. on the tip of my we, we don't even care. Who gives a shit? <laughs> He's gone the way of Dan Brown. Nobody cares anymore. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, a few good men. Every performance is fucking top notch. There's not a moment in that movie that is not genuine and well acted and. Uh, appropriately dramatic and over the top when it has to be obviously Cruz's character. It's one of his greatest moments ever when he takes down the fucking Nicholson's character. I mean, that is phenomenal. And Nicholson was great in it too. Unbelievable. I love Nicholson. Unbelievable. I ate breakfast (laughs) 15 feet from... (laughs) Yeah, it's fucking amazing, man. Uh, Demi Moore is actually good in it. He's not a great actress, but... I know. I know. All right, number 11, brother. Film that means the most to you starring Tom Cruise. I mean, this is is where we get into deep waters. So this is interesting. Um... This was another one I had to kind of sit back and think about because, I mean, I have so many memories associated with Tom Cruise and his movies. So I remember when I was a young man and my father got me hooked on Paul Newman movies and, you know, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and and Cool Hand Luke and all those kind of rebellious Paul Newman movies as a youngster. My brother... Um, no, took took notice of the fact because he was kind of like me, like kind of a cult movie guy. Loved classic cinema, kind of you know, blah blah blah. And he's like, so if you want to watch a Paul Newman movie, he's like, you got to watch The Hustler. Start with The Hustler. Yeah. And I'm like, oh fuck, okay, I've never seen The Hustler. And I watched it and I loved it, even though like the fucking third act is an eternity long. That movie is 45 minutes too long, but it's a fucking great movie. Yeah. And. Then Martin Scorsese, who had in the interim become like my favorite director because of Mean Streets and Goodfellas and all that shit, right? Sure, right. They put out Color of Money. Holy shit. That was a great Who? Book. It's Tom Cruise. Yeah. Almost in a weirdly unrecognizable, like, he played the most un Tom Cruise role um, of his career. I don't career. know if I agree with that, but I like I mean, maybe like. Born on the Fourth of July, maybe Interview with a Vampire. I mean, I could think of other examples of un-Tom Cruise-y roles. Okay, yeah. But he, his character, Vince, was such a weird, insecure... Yeah, go back and watch that movie. Like His character is... I only remember him as being, like, all bravado. And but, he's got the twisting pool moves and like but that's the beauty of it was that that bravado was hiding the fact that he was this insecure dope 
that yeah. worked in a fucking warehouse and was trying so hard to impress his girlfriend that was trying so hard to impress Eddie. And I love Color of Money because my brother is the reason that I watched that movie in the first place. And okay. then it's a movie I watch at least once a year. I think it's a fucking fabulous movie. I like it better than The Hustler. I'm glad that Paul Newman was up for that award because I think it really was one of his finest performances of a goddamn 70-year career. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I The Color of Money for me is... It's in the lexicon of great American cinema, and it hopefully always will be. And I wish people would go back and watch. It's a collection of scenes, because a, a lot of Scorsese films, narratively wise, narratively wise, do they're not super cohesive. Like even go back and watch Goodfellas. It's a collection of almost vignettes that tie together in overall thing. But it's a lot of like, here's a chapter from the book that we'll film and then we'll film. We'll skip ahead to this, to this chapter. And then we'll film this chapter and then we'll tie it all together. But his filmmaking style is, is, his storytelling was more. Yeah. It's just these moments in time that you capture and color money falls into that category too. It's like, sometimes you don't even know how they got from, Atlantic City to fucking yeah. Brooklyn, you know what I mean? Like to get to some they're pool hall, they just show up there yeah. and they're like, oh, okay, now we're playing here. You know sure. what I mean? But it all works because he was just such a masterful filmmaker. And I think the performances are uh, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. I love that. You know girl. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I just love her for her name and her beautiful <laughs> curly start. hair. Yeah. And- <laughs> I loved her in The Abyss. I thought she was great in that. Um, She's amazing in The Abyss. Yeah. That's a nice pool. I yeah. forgot she was even in that. Um, I got to give that a rewatch because I think I've only watched it a couple times. I was a little yeah, younger. Dude, you should rewatch. I'm more of a hustler myself now these days. You know, it's all about the hustle. Uh, yeah. um, it's kind of like get in where you fit in. Um, you know, so. that movie wins you over in the first five minutes because it opens up with Paul Newman trying to sell cheap liquor to this bar owner who he's also sleeping with and he's trying to convince her and have her drink the bourbon or whatever oh, but in yeah. the background you just keep hearing these breaks that are wicked and finally he looks over his shoulder and he goes back to selling her liquor and he fucking turns around again and he's like who is that you yeah. know what I mean like this is this moment like he can hear greatness huh? from across the room he just hears greatness did you ever see Kingpin you know, was that a offshoot where he's like hearing the bowling in the no, back? And the Fairley brothers confirmed that is a direct wow. fucking ripoff of Color of Money. Okay, they homage, if you will, hundred percent. That that is exactly what they were doing. He could hear him hitting yeah. the pins behind him. Sure, that's the strike Color of Money strike. scene. Yeah, it's just it's just Tom Cruise crushing these breaks and then two shots it's over two sh- you know what i mean yeah right and just, just runs the table runs yeah. the table yeah and then, yeah and that's how he meets vincent and they start their whole journey okay and then dude force whitaker has like an amazing scene in Forrest that movie whitaker, yeah this guy he plays a hustler the in old, one scene the old lazy eyed pimp himself yeah and where paul newman is trying to come back and trying to figure out his game so he plays pull with forrest whitaker's character i think his name was amos and um, at the end of it, after he just kicks the shit out of Paul Newman, and he has the famous moment where he's just like, are you a hustler, Amos? Yeah. And he just keeps asking him, 
are you a hustler, Amos? Yeah, right. And he's just like, hey, uh, Eddie, do you think I need to lose weight? <laughs> and then he just kind of laughs and walks out of the room. It's right. so good, dude. Yeah, it's so I have to good. watch that again. Yeah, Color of Money. Because it's... 100%. Yeah. Love it. Man, you've passed this test because you got only one question left, and that one was, that number 11 was not, your answer was not on the devil's list, so okay. you're safe. I love it. But, I mean... Although maybe you could have an epic fuck up before we go to question twelve. Tell me the five answers on the devil's shit list. Well, I mean, I think that should we tell you now? Yeah, tell me right now. Okay, so this is the pros and the cons on the devil's list. There's no fucking way my next movie is going to be on that list. Okay, we're these are all pretty mainstream Tom Cruise movies. Okay, Um, so even if you got one on his list that was on the the con list, you're still safe because you're you have two strikes. Okay. You're in the neutral zone right now. I will either agree or argue every one of these one at a time. Personally, like we talked about Magnolia. He loves Magnolia. The devil loves chaos. Okay. So that's why he loves that movie. Of course he loves legend. Because he's why a vain not? he's a vain motherfucker. The devil likes to see himself, you know, in yeah. fiery red. Portrayed so yeah, wonderfully. Just ripped and Love huge it. horns. So he lo- he has a soft spot. Props for that to movie. Tim Curry, rest in peace. Um you of course, you said Tropic Thunder. Yeah, you, you hit that yep. one on, right on the head. Maybe the best comedic cameo of all time, dude. I mean, it's unbelievable. I can't think of anything better I know. right now. It's unbelievable. It's in the conversation. The me and the devil are both a little pissed that you didn't talk about Collateral. I think that movie is such a hidden gem. I thought you were going a different way with that. I love Collateral. Yeah. I tried to find a way in on Collateral. It doesn't really appeal it's, to any of those questions. It doesn't. It's, yeah, I I love that movie. Yeah. It's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. I think his name was Vincent in that too, right? I think it was. Vincent. Yeah, and yeah. that's a Michael Mann film. Michael it's another Mann's, big, sprawling, yeah. L.A. cityscape, yeah. fucking action drama. And it wasn't as much... It's not as much. It's a more exciting packed. movie than Heat in some ways. It's not. Ooh, it doesn't bold. have that one big come scene fucking moment yeah, where right. they're robbing the bank, which is obviously like. But Collateral is a tighter, just more personal drama. It There's is a high level drama. of trend tension going on between he and Jamie Foxx. Yeah, and the devil loves Born on the Fourth of July. He loves a war movie. The devil's. Yeah, I brought it up. He's all briefly. about. He, you did. Um. And it, I, it, the devil likes Tom Cruise when he's not being Tom over overtly Tom Cruise, and he's know? he's over the top stellar in Born on the Fourth of July. Yes, it's just such a fucking depressing. It movie. is, dude. Oh but my the, god, the devil's here to depress people. <sighs> that movie's That's such a drag. <laughs> the devil gains happiness when people are totally solely depressed. You know? All right, hit the hit the negative ones. The and negative then we'll ones, go on. of course, he hates risky business. We we talked about that. You get a strike yeah, we talked right about away. That. He doesn't. He's wrong. But he doesn't give okay. you any favors. That's okay. Um, Oblivion, he thought was a pile of shit. Wrong. He's wrong. I think it's not a pile know. of shit. I don't know. You know, Morgan, I'll take my chances. Morgan Freeman. It's it's not it's one hard of to go best. against Morgan Freeman. It's not Cruz's breast, but he just. It's a pretty fucking decent movie, though, man. Devil didn't like it. Yeah. What can I say? I That's mean, fair. He thinks Last Samurai was a pile of uh, hokey shit. Yeah. But you missed that one too. It's so good. Oh, no, God, I know. I ignored that, that one bullet. on purpose. Yeah. Uh, Night and Day. He thinks 
that's Tom Cruise just showing off. Man. That is Tom Cruise at his Tom Cruisiest. Yes. <laughs> and he set that really as a bear trap for you. He thought you'd get your legs stuck in that one. Cause, it crossed my mind. You know, there's sexiness. There's, you yep. know, could it be funny? Yes. <laughs> you know, he figured it's mainstream enough, but yet Bobby Noyes is going to. There's you know, one scene talk in that movie that it. is fucking hilarious she's talking to the like ex-boyfriend or whatever like the firefighter guy and tom cruise comes into the diner and she's like and that's the guy it's fucking funny as shit yeah. that is a really funny scene yeah. but it doesn't hold up that movie is it never overall yeah. dog shit yeah i don't i don't love it and if you would have mentioned and any also, jack reacher films by the way you would have been immediately burned alive first of all wrong the first jack reacher is a Badass fucking movie. Devil disagrees. Yeah, well, and that's why he's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> All things good, he doesn't give a shit about, right? All right, let's wrap this up. So, what last one, grand finale, Bobby Noise. What is your answer to you guys? I wanted to avoid this. I wanted to avoid cliche. I wanted to avoid the lowest hanging fucking fruit. I wanted to avoid being a, a prisoner of the moment. I wanted to avoid, by all means, what will now arguably be considered a top five sequel of all time, and that's Top Gun Maverick. It's basically a perfect movie. Do I don't care. Do you think it's better than the original Top Gun? If you I were to think go neck is, and neck. I think it's a better movie than the original Top Gun. I've watched them side by side now. I think that the original Top Gun was a moment in time. It captured a, a weird zeitgeist. And it, it, Tony Scott was that kind of filmmaker. Like he understood like what was happening culturally. Like, and I will say this Maverick, obviously like shit, they use the entire same soundtrack and the opening title sequence. And there's a lot of callbacks that make it easy. And there's like, there's, there's things you can argue with, but the execution of that movie in this nostalgia rich era that we're living in right now this is the prototype for making that type of property if you want to capture nostalgia do it like fucking top gun did it because they crushed it like yeah and and it's it's a story as old as time it's like well now he's the aging retiring guy and here's the new crew right but it just I don't know, man. It felt like home <laughs> I watching that you. movie. I thought I was going to really puke while I was watching it. I thought it was going to be I was bad, scared of corny, it. dumb. I I refused to watch it for months. It, yeah. I didn't watch it in the theater, mm-hmm. which you probably should because any kind of those high action movies, you should you should be really immersed in yeah. the in the flybys. I went like four that. times. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, it's not going to be that good. How can it be as good as Top Gun? Which I didn't really love anyway. I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was meant to be what it was supposed to be. Um, you know, Top like, Gun's never been one of my favorite Tom Cruise properties. It right. never has been. Right. I loved it. I mean, I grew up with it. Yeah, I did You know too. what I mean? But it was like, there was a lot of shit I liked better from Tom Cruise than Top Gun. Yeah. 100%. But there I was did. a lot of movies I liked better from just from that era. 100%. Then Tom, Top Gun. It's that corny era of the action. It's the Arnold Schwarzenegger action-packed era. Sure. You know? Shoot them up, yeah. bang, bang, blow it up. 
fuck it was it the up. 80s, man. Everything was girl. a recruitment video. Yeah. It's yeah. a recruitment video. <laughs> join the Marines. You watch Top Gun, you join the Air Force. You and know? people are now arguing. You watch Platoon, that you join the Army. All Maverick is, is just more recruitment or whatever. Right. But I think it's... it's more, I can see that. It's but. more thoughtful, though. It's more... I don't know. There's something about it that really is genuine. Yeah. It reached back for me, too. I felt like home, too. It's, there's nothing dishonest about that movie. It knows, what it, it knows what it is. And so, yeah, I mean, if I were going to heaven today, I would take that movie with me to show all those people. <laughs> if I was going to hell, I'd fuck it, fuck it. We're watching Top Gun. You're clutching a Blu-ray version of Top Gun Maverick, baby. I'm like going to have that in my pocket. <laughs> Hans Christian Hollenbeck, you were given a very simple task. I wanted that soul. And you decline to send it my way. So, as a result, you will be joining me. Your damnation game is over. However, I have an good authority that Bobbeth Van Noys does offer a chance at salvation. A whole new line of questioning that will determine your fate and whether or not you are allowed to ascend again. I cannot wait. Also, guys, you should reach out to the Whiskey Real Podcast at 970-426-5344. 970-426-5344. Shoot them a voicemail. Send them a text message. 